right, everybody, welcome back to episode. Can you believe what show we're doing here, TJ? We are on episode. Uh, let's see here. Whew, episode nine of Planet Council. It's Yikes. been a minute. It has been <laughs> yeah, a minute for Planet Council. Um, the specific minute I'm talking about is uh, four months, five months. What is mm-hmm. it? Uh, mid-November was the last time we did a Planet Council. Um, the last thing we reviewed was we reviewed um, chapters 11 and 12 of The Mandalorian. Um, and then, you know, life kind of happened. We kind of trailed off with the channel after that because that was just everything was busy with the holidays and stuff. But as you guys know, 2021, our mission statement is consistency. Um, so we are going to bring back Planet Council. Um, and I can guarantee you that the gap now will be a lot less to the next one because Bad Batch, uh, we're right on the cusp of Bad Batch mm-hmm. um, hitting small screens everywhere. Uh, and we will be reviewing that um, every week uh, with every episode that is coming out from there. Um, as always, I just want to say welcome back to the Planet Film Network. I am one of your hosts, uh, Sean Monk. I'm TJ Cornwell. And uh, this week we are joined, as you can see, right over there. Uh, we are joined by our dear friend of mine and TJ's and friend of the show, Chris. Um, so, Chris, how you doing? Uh, are you excited to be on the show? Yeah, I'm very excited. Awesome. Just nervous <laughs> yeah same yeah you should have seen some of our early recordings uh if you ever want to if anybody's uh, watching wants a throwback check out the pacewell podcast feed um that was an experiment uh all right that was the name for like two weeks and then yeah. i was like let's not do this but the, video, <laughs> the video still exists uh mm. look at that snyder cut new mutants mando yeah it's the pacewell podcast feed yikes okay well i think we landed on a better name better look for the network um and speaking of the look, welcome to the new and improved uh, Planet Council uh, look. Um, so I, it's been so long that we haven't had these nice new uh, thinner overlays with the neon designs at all for Planet Council. Um, we haven't actually, we technically, besides posting it on Twitter and stuff, we have never used this logo for Planet Council until now. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> which, is, which is nice, even though the logo has existed and you guys have seen it for you know a couple months. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be able to use it. I'm glad to be able to bring Planet Council back. Um, so I think we'll start off with just, uh, you know, we got a new friend, new face on the show today. Chris, um, what would you say was your, uh, like relationship to Star Wars? Like what was your first introduction to it? How did it grab you? Well, my first introduction to Star Wars, like weirdly enough, was like a pair of shoes. When I was like four years old, my mom took me Payless Price, I saw, like, a pair, it's like, these really cool pair of Darth Vader shoes, I didn't really quite know who he was, but I wanted it. That sounds amazing. Then then my, um, aunt saw that I had the, had those, and I guess she brought out a bunch of my cousin's, like, old Star Wars stuff, and from then on, um, I, uh, eventually, like, rented the movies and saw them. Mm -hmm. Um, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very, very cool. Um, so yeah, with that, you know, uh, let's let's also get a gauge on where are you at uh, with Star Wars on television. So have you have you dove into the Clone Wars Rebels stuff, um, or mainly just Mando? Uh, where are you at with that stuff? Um, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to watch the uh, seventh season of uh, Clone Wars. 
Yeah, I haven't seen Rebels either. I've I'm all caught up with uh, Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I just unfortunately I haven't had too much mm-hmm. time on my hands to watch Rebels or even finish Clone Wars, which I'm well, very excited to do. I will say this: you got you got uh, some five seasons of some pretty great uh, television waiting for you on Disney Plus. <clears throat> um, as as everybody knows here, um, you know I've been I've ride or die day one for clone wars and rebels uh tj this past year i think he's actually probably uh yeah he's just this week is i think his uh oh no sorry that was last month his uh one year anniversary of catching up on uh clone wars and stuff in time for season seven's premiere um because he oh, hadn't yeah, se- right. he hadn't seen them <clears throat> but he binged them all um so that we could start reviewing clone wars season uh seven when that came out <clears throat> um but uh but yeah really really uh great stuff um especially rebels you know if you can if you can get through the first i i I, see i don't even know because people are like oh well the the seasons kind of like the first two seasons uh if you could get through the first two seasons you're fine the first two seasons have some like epic darth vader moments and then the the whole second season i will not hear any blasphemy about the second season because (laughs) If you don't, if you don't like the second season, you are you have no right to call yourself a fan of Darth Maul or anything because that mm-hmm. is like his season. And then obviously right. season three and four are like probably bordering on peak Star Wars. Um, there there's a big time jump between season two and season three, and then three season three and four is just oh my god, just basically hit after hit of um episodes. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely check those out, uh, and I know we'll definitely be talking about them uh, in this episode here because there is a lot of stuff that does tie back to um, both Rebels and Clone Wars uh, in this second uh, season of Mandalorian, and more specifically in the tail end of the second season of Mandalorian, um, and kind of how all that stuff is going to convalesce into this little kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, Avengers that they're setting up with these shared universe of shows on Disney Plus for Star Wars um, to kind of take on the big bad, which we will uh, get to when he is name dropped in the episode that we will be discussing very shortly. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead. I know that, Chris, we, uh, me and TJ, we already uh, reviewed the first half of this season. Um, what were your thoughts on the first half of this season? So, you know, from the Tatooine episode up to... Um, the episode with uh, Bo-Katan. hand. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, sorry, it's been a while since I've seen all of it, so I'm trying to uh, refresh my memory. Um, I overall liked it a little bit more than um, the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially liked. Uh, I hope he comes back. Um, I think it's Timothy Alphonse character. Oh yeah, Cobb Van. Yeah. Coming. Yeah, I really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to think of like all. No, the yeah, episodes. no problem. No, you're yeah, good. I know. Got, it was, so it was a long got, time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, um, we got, you know, episode one is the one with Cobb Vance and the crate dragon, um, mm-hmm. where they're taking that on for the small town and stuff, and then obviously ends with the Boba Fett reveal, um, yeah. and then after that we have the episode where he's trying to uh, take the frog lady back home, uh, mm-hmm. and then they run across the spiders and stuff, and the the two X-Wing pilots from the New Republic. Yes, okay. The uh, second episode, I think for me, might have been, like, 
the weakest episode this season. Like, I didn't think it was mm-hmm. bad. I just, I don't know. I was, I was also in the middle of like building a a Lego set that might have been mm-hmm. part of the reason why. But, um, I I like the spiders and all that. Um, I guess the story just of that episode didn't grip me as much as the other as the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the frog lady. <laughs> Yeah, that was very funny. And then yeah, yeah you're so not really then, alone on that one. Yeah, <laughs> the I think whole spider planet. I think we came to the the agreement too that it was um probably the weakest, which is very interesting because that episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who then returns to direct the finale as well. Um, so mm. it's kind of interesting there. Um, I think we kind of had the same kind of thing last year, where it was like Dave Filoni's two episodes, his first episode, the the um. The pilot was, or the, you know, just the Mandalorian, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, oh my god, awesome, what is this? Like, great. And then his kind of his second episode, people were like, oh, it was kind of the weakest. But, yeah. but like, now <laughs> it's kind of... I think last year it was episode four, maybe? I can't remember the specific one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, and then now we kind of have the reverse, where it's like, everybody was like, oh, Peyton Reed, you know, I, I expected more from him. That's kind of stuff, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just knocks it out with the finale like crazy. Yeah. Um, which is just very, very cool. Uh, and then, so then that brings us, speaking of Frog Lady, she is returned safely to her husband, um, albeit with a few less offspring, um, thanks to the beautiful baby Yoda, um, whose name we will be learning a little bit later on. Uh, and then we have, uh, so then we have a big episode with um, episode uh, three of season two, chapter three. 11, yeah. The Heiress. Uh, obviously, now that is referring to Bo-Katan Kreese, big, huge, huge character from both Clone Wars uh, and Rebels, um, coming finally into live action. Very, very cool to get to see the actual voice actress, uh, Katie Sackhoff, being able, because she, they kind of, Dave Filoni has openly said, you know, they kind of base the character model off of Katie in real life. Um, so now, mm-hmm. all these years later, um, which, you know, gosh been almost like 14 or 15 years at this point for her um since they started production like she is gonna get to or she does not gonna get to she did get to um come on and reprise the role in live action um so chris what were your kind of thoughts on this episode uh one thing to me that i'll just say that really stood out to me with this that i still always come back to is the cinematography in this episode blew me away like the the shot where he is looking out at the water with the sunset and then there's like that explosion that mm-hmm. just looks like amazing. That's all done digitally with the volume. Uh, like I just think that's so awesome. So what what were your thoughts on that episode? Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I too was really happy to see um Bo-Katan back. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that like um they actually based um the CG model from the show off of her because I was thinking to myself I saw I'm like wow she really does look just like a yeah <laughs> a cartoon version mm-hmm. um. Let's see. Was that like also the one where the the sea monster almost eats uh, baby? Yoda? Yeah, that's one of the yeah, things. Like, yeah, I liked about it because the the Quarren, uh, like the Quarren, uh, like I don't know what fishermen. I guess they were. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, are you a fisherman? If you yourself are a fish, um, like they kind of trap them because they kind of trick Mando into thinking that he's they're, that they're leading them to the Mandalorians, um, but they're really just after the child. Yeah, like, um, even though, like, deep down I knew they weren't gonna kill, <laughs> mm-hmm. kill him, uh, it still was pretty intense. I also just, oh, um, yeah. I don't For think sure. we've seen, like, a plant, like, 
quite like that in the show yet. Like, um, you have like the water, like Fisher, moon the water moon uh, of Trask, is oh, called. Okay. Yeah. Um, very beautiful planet. I have some of the shots just in front of me here. Okay, then um, like my last comment was like mm-hmm. I think this happens in the same episode where like he teams up with them and they board um. Oh the, yeah. the larger ship. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I will. Whole, um, that whole sequence was amazing. Yeah, so here we have um, they team up. So Bo-Katan tells Mando, um, you know, he he says that he needs to bring them back to the Jedi. They have that great scene in the diner where Bo-Katan says, you know, I know I know a Jedi. Um, or I could lead you to one of their kind. Basically, she doesn't give away the information that you know how tight her and Ahsoka are, um, but. Mm-hmm. She basically says, you know, I could lead you to one of their kind um, if you help me with this job because I'm trying to restore proper rule on Mandalore. Um, so she is, you know, recruiting weapons, arms, ships, gunners, you know, all that kind of stuff, and people as well um, to kind of take Mandalore, uh, Mandalore back from who? I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that soon. Um, <laughs> and then she had, and then now cut forward, they have the amazing battle of taking the ship. They end up uh, killing everybody on board um well actually the captain you know relieves himself of his life but um everybody yeah. else so they get she was just trying to steal the arms they end up with the whole ship which you know huge victory for them obviously um but that brings us to the great scene before the captain um kills himself which is uh bo saying you know where is it where is it and then we finally for the people who didn't watch clone wars and rebels we finally establish the connection that Bo-Katan has with the Darksaber within the world of the Mandalorian, because obviously, as soon as we saw the Darksaber at the end of Season 1, everybody went, okay, well, is Bo-Katan showing up? Cause what's Except for me. Except for yeah, me, I was exactly. like, what is that? Yeah, TJ, TJ was like, I don't know what that is, but it looks cool. Uh, it looks cool in, in Gus Fring's hand. I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, so we have that great scene, and he says, you know, does he have or she says does he have it and uh he says you know if you have to ask yourself you already know he does um obviously mm-hmm. referring to moff gideon uh who at this point you know is the big bad of the entire show uh and then oh i'm sorry i actually forgot about an episode uh which maybe that means maybe this one was not my favorite i'm not sure but uh episode uh chapter 12 the siege when he goes back to navarro for ship repairs and then they kind of do the whole um, thing where they're trying to take down that base that's on Navarro. Yeah, the where like we lone get, base. Yeah, where we get the reveal of um, the of finally some of the Camino uh, stuff, some of the cloning facility that is left uh, on Navarro, and you get that yeah. great little that little uh, voicemail message from Doctor Pershing. Um, so, Chris, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is the one, you know, where he meets it back up with Cara Dune and Grief Karga, and mm-hmm. uh, they kind of end the uh, mithril played by um, Horatio Sands from the very first episode, uh, and they kind of have that, like, action scene where they're taking on that big uh, fortress. So what are, what are your thoughts on this episode? Did it stick with you as much as the others? Did you like it as much? Oh, yeah, it, um, it really did stick with me. Um, sorry, I'm bad at my thought i don't have my thoughts right here well did you say this one actually happened before the bo-katan one no, no this, this is, is after, this is after. yeah oh okay i thought you said you missed an episode no. I apologize. oh yeah, yeah i just yeah. forgot to um, say i forgot this one came between the bo-katan one and the next one. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I like seeing the return of like um Cara Dune and also the name of I forget the name of that one alien guy from like the chapter one. Of, yeah, the, the Mistral. Season. Oh, that's that's what they're called. Yeah, he doesn't have a he, he doesn't have like a character character name. They just keep calling him the Mithril because that's like what he his species is. Oh. Yeah, and Carl was Carl Weathers. He was in the, Carl Weathers mm-hmm. was in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Right? This yeah, was, was the episode. So this was the episode that Carl Weathers directed as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, he did. I thought he did an excellent job with it because, like, I I borderline say this episode. Well, I guess it's a newer episode, but than the last one, but it sticks to a little bit more in my memory than um the Bo Katan one. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd say I thought it was overall better, but um I just like seeing it, the gang getting back together. Um and also all the stuff we learn once they get into the base. The base looks really cool. Yeah. Um absolutely. I was a little bit confused at first, like what the experiments they were doing. Were they trying to infuse like were it were they trying to experiment on uh, Baby Yoda to like infuse like the Force within beings? Is that what they were doing, or is it? More I think at this point it's kind of still unknown. Um, okay. So I would say I, they're either trying to just clone Baby Yoda, or because he's just a little baby, I would assume they are trying to trans like they're trying to clone his Metaclorians and put them into other people. That's what I was yeah. assuming because it's like. A baby, like, yeah, he's super strong in the Force, but he's not an ideal soldier. Like, you, mm-hmm. ideally, if you're going through all this trouble, you would want to have the ideal soldier infused with Metaclorians. We, we were also hoping that this was some sort of uh, more of an elaboration on uh, Rise of Skywalker and the whole, like, Palpatine coming mm-hmm. back type thing. Which, honestly, I think, no, again, I think I said this whenever we reviewed this episode, like, months ago. Um which honestly, I think is something that both F- Favreau and Floney, when writing this, would be very interested in because you know that they know the gaps mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's something that they might, you know, be like, yeah. I mean, even though like I hated the the first the episode they released before Rise of Skywalker came out, mm-hmm. that one where she, where Baby Yoda is like healing Grief Karga. And then in Rise of Skywalker, Ray does the same thing. And I was like, they literally just put that in the episode so that they could put it in the movie so mm-hmm. nobody would be like, oh, that's never happened before. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought that's what more what they were hinting at. Same. Uh, I, think, I think both are absolutely true. I think it just mm-hmm. goes to show us that I – now, okay, so let me ask you guys this fan theory – or not even fan theory, just a little bit of speculation. So we've seen that they are doing cloning – we know that the Emperor himself mm-hmm. has been cloned multiple times. Uh, and we know that the patch on Dr. Pershing's arm and the soldier's arms in this uh, base all have the Kaminoan uh, symbol on it from the Kaminoan cloning facility um, from both Clone Wars and the prequels, obviously. Do you guys think that the actual Kaminoans are behind this? Do you think we could see the Kaminoans in this series or in something else coming up? Or do you think this is more the Empire stole their technology and just kind of co-opted what it is? Do you think uh, we could? Do you think we could see? Oh, oh! I just had a great idea. Do you <laughs> think we could see Boba go back to Camino to investigate some of this stuff in the Book of Boba Fett? That's where he was raised. That's where he considers to be his home. Hmm. Uh, and we're getting a show totally focused on Boba Fett. 
I would love to see that. Um, I was gonna say I could see, like even before you mentioned that, like I could mm-hmm. kind of see the Kaminoans coming back. It'd be be kind of interesting, like if they did have like an episode in the book of Boba Fett where yeah. he goes back there, where maybe it's like a hybrid of theories where the Empire did steal the technology mm-hmm. and they're like, well, let's get it back or get revenge or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe it could just be one of those things where, because we know these shows are going to kind of interlink Avengers style, where like they'll have nods to each other and then eventually cross over and everything. It could just be an episode where he wants to go back there to check in on it or whatever, or maybe he needs something or a piece of information. He goes there and realizes that in the years he's been out of commission, it's like been decimated. That mm-hmm. would be very, very cool. He goes there and there's like nobody left or something like that. Um, and then he's like, oh, crap, what the hell's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? That would that would be a cool way to unravel it a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely be up for um, to see the Kamen Owens again, absolutely. Uh, and then we have the end of this episode with two two pretty big uh, reveals here, which is, as we know, uh, Mando is back on Navarro for ship repairs. We get kind of the reveal that uh, one of the mechanics uh, was working for Moff Gideon, go figure, uh, so she installed a tracking device on the um, Razor Crest, uh, and then we also get uh, the report back to Gideon that the um, tracker has been placed on the Razor Crest, and then we get the reveal with the camera when it swings around that he is looking over uh, the Dark Troopers. Dun dun dun. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what, what did you think about the, just the end of that? Were you like, were you like, oh crap, what the hell are those? Or were you familiar with Dark Troopers or anything like that? Um, it's funny you say that, um, I guess at first it didn't fully click in my mind that they were the Dark Troopers, but funny enough, I was actually playing, um, have you ever played Star Wars, I think Dark Horses? It's like that old, uh, FBS. Kind of, kind of looks like it was made around the time Doom was popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's where they were first introduced, but those are like, um, those things are like, I think they're like one of the main enemies in that game. Yeah. I, for some reason, the dots didn't connect in my head until like a later episode that that's what they were. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I was I was like curious as to what was going on, mm-hmm. but um, everything didn't click together till later on. Yeah, and I can click it a little further for you. Um. So they are, they're not a big presence, but they are in Rebels um, because they are heavily tied to a character that we will um, talk about in just a little bit. Um, and you also see that you also see his symbol of uh, kind of his area of the Empire um, in this next episode that we are going to discuss. Um, so, yeah, it's if, if you want some, you know, Dark Trooper more information, just a little bit more. It's not a ton, but a little bit more. Um, it is talked about, and they do appear in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's go ahead and dive in. Um, got about a 15-minute recap on uh, you know the, the previous rest of the series. Now let's go ahead and do a pretty uh, good dive in to um, the rest of these episodes. So now this is Chapter 13, The Jedi. Obviously, this is the big one. This is where we have the huge reveal that the fan casting of all fan castings actually came true with Rosario <laughs> Dawson playing um, Jedi Ahsoka Tano in live action in The Mandalorian, uh, re-teaming with Dave Filoni. Um, or, or not re-teaming, I should say the character is re-teaming. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so what were your thoughts on this, Chris? Uh, and then we'll hop over to TJ. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts on kind of this reveal? Uh, you know, 
we kind of everybody speculated it this was something that was speculated very very early on uh before the season came out that you know it was really happening um what were your thoughts when we actually finally got it in live action like uh the reveal of ahsoka yeah just the fact um, that there she is that's really the character that we all you know know from the clone wars in live action finally I think if it wasn't like I didn't hear all the rumors about it, I probably would have been jumping off the walls excited. But I was still very happy to see her there. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember, like I'm trying to go through in my head everything that has happened in the episode because, like, the first thing that comes to mind is gonna say I thought they did the make makeup on her. Um, trying to remember the actress's name, Rosario um, Dawson. Rosaria Dawson. Yeah. yeah, I thought they did a really I was like I always wondered if it'd look very good in live action. Like I know we've seen that alien species in um I think briefly briefly in the prequels, but um I thought they did a good job with that. Um mm-hmm. I like uh how they ex- Oh yeah, I like how um I guess I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um can we go on to um PJ just like a collection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I liked how they kind of revealed her in the beginning, like walking up. I mean, we all kind of knew, as Chris said, like we all everybody kind of knew that it was coming, especially just from the title. Like it was Lily Filoni directing it, and it's called the Jedi, so it's like, oh, obviously yeah. she's gonna show up in this. Um, and I love the whole like uh um we're taking from the different, you know, Akira Kurosawa samurai type inspired films and we're putting that in there um especially with like just the the battle between i forget the character's name do you remember her name the one the one um, who's kind of like running the yeah so she has the a town. name um but she is i forget her actual name but she's referred to as yeah. the, the magistrate in the this. magistrate okay yeah. so like the battle between like ahsoka and the magistrate and kind of going back and forth and we find out I mean, I think they say it already. They say it earlier in the episode, but the spear is basically just like proof, pure. like it you can't cut yeah. through it. It's pure um, Beskar. Yeah. Oh, it's Beskar. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have um, the whole thing with Ahsoka and uh, do we? Or my God, Grogu. Oh my Lord, I was like blanking yeah. out his name. Um, and uh, she basically is saying that she can't teach him. It's it's because of Mando's connection to him, correct? Yeah, it's so like basically we get thing. we get that amazing scene um of all three of them, you know, where right. she's kind of communicating with Grogu um and all of that stuff. And she basically says, "Listen, guy, uh listen here, buddy. I I'm, I'm not going to train this guy." Mm-hmm. Uh he's like he's too he, his attachment to you is like a father and son. Uh and then you get the great you, you don't get an you don't get an Anakin name drop in this, but for those who know, you know who she's talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, you know, she has that great acting moment by Rosario Dawson and that great line where she goes, you know, I have seen exactly this, what it does to the best Jedi in the universe. Like what like literally the best of us fell because of this exact thing, because of mm-hmm. uh his attachment basically to Padme, to her, to Ahsoka herself, like to Obi-Wan, to everybody. Um, So she's like, listen, guy, this is way too much of a risk for me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, Count me out. (laughs) Yeah, but she does give him the information that, you know, we've been communicating and then we get the name, you know, she says his name is Grogu. 
Uh, so what did you guys think? What was your initial thoughts on the name reveal? Um, we'll go uh, to TJ and then we'll uh, hop over to Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I've I've probably said before, like I still call him just Baby Yoda because because mm-hmm. I just like saying that. Like Grogu is just like a, it's like eh, like I don't know. I mean, it's a net like I can't imagine like I don't know how they came up with that name. Like, did they go in yeah. like a name generator and were like like alien name generator and they're like we need mm-hmm. a name for this little kid and he's green and he's actually 40 but he looks like he's one and a half and then the grogu popped out um but yeah i like it um i think a lot of people still call him baby yoda mm-hmm. like i feel like the majority of people that watch the show call him baby yoda still um but i mean we might not have to for that much longer because we'll kind of get to it and at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. And I'll say too, I'll say too, uh, and then I'll hop over to Chris um, and get his thoughts. I, uh, you know, I I try to call him Grogu as much as possible just because I know mm-hmm. that's what his real name is, but I, I don't call him Baby Yoda almost at all. Uh, like, unless I'm yeah. talking to somebody who, like, you know, it doesn't know, like, about right. shows and stuff, I'll be like, oh yeah, Baby Yoda, like, you know. Um, but I'll usually say, like, the child if I don't say Grogu. But I'll say it's the yeah. exact same thing. How many people are walking around saying, "Oh, who's your favorite Star Wars character?" Oh, Din Jaren. You know Din what I mean? Jar- they, yeah. <laughs> they go, they go, "Oh, Mando," like or, or yeah. the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like e- even though we now know his name, we found it out in the end of season one, and now they use his name all the time in season two. Like right. all the time, they call him, you know, refer to him as Din Jaren and stuff. Um, but people will still call him Mando for the entire run of the show because that's what people are used to. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Baby Yoda just sticks for the rest of time. Mm. Um, so, Chris, what were your thoughts on uh, the reveal of Grogu? Well, the first thing that came to my mind, um, do you, I don't know if you guys watch American Dad, but there's a mm-hmm. character in that show, like an alien character named Roger, and there's that oh, episode right, yeah. where he has like a little, like this tumor that comes off of him and turns up to like the little mini-me version of Roger, and they <laughs> name him Rogu. And that's the first thing I thought of was the character from American Dad whose name was Rogu. Nice. <laughs> Rogu. So um, when you're saying, like, part of me was wondering if they just watched American Dad one night and the people, the writers, were like, let's just name him Grogu. Change the G. Wouldn't be surprised. Or the R for a G. <laughs> but, um, like, I actually kind of like the name in a way that, like, I find it so stupid that kind of entertains me. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed the name. Um, that's a weird statement to make about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, that's what I have to say. Boom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then we got. Uh, then we get um, another tidbit in this scene. I, I ask you guys here. I'll ask this question. Um, so we get Ahsoka saying, you know, she doesn't call it Order sixty six, but she refers to it as the Purge. Who obviously, uh, you know, I know Chris hasn't gotten there yet, but in season seven, obviously, we see her perspective of those events. Um, she says that he was hidden away and, um, you know, rescued by somebody during the Jedi Purge uh, at the Jedi Temple. Do you guys think that we will get that story in the Bad Batch? Because that's what people were speculating that they are going to somehow tie Grogu back to the Bad Batch. Um, and that that is where, you know, that's who saved him from the temple. Do you guys think that that could end up happening? Or do you think that's just kind of like wishful thinking on fans' parts? Um, 
I think it's kind of wishful thinking. I don't yeah. think they'll bring. I honestly don't think they'll bring that character to animation. In my okay. opinion, mm-hmm. I think it'll be like specifically live action and. Gotcha. Um, again, after the season, after the season finale, we don't even know like what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see it being. I feel like it's that kind of not that it takes away. Like even if he were to show up in that show, mm-hmm. like it'd be. I feel like it'd be for like maybe an episode, maybe less than that. Because then well, it's kind of taking away from the story of the Bad Batch, which is what yeah. the show is about. Like, here's my here's my take on that on that theory, and then we'll yeah. get Chris's thoughts. Um, so, for me, right now, there's two questions with Grogu. Right? Mm-hmm. How did how who saved him? How was he saved during Order sixty six? And mm-hmm. how did he become unsaved? How did he end up with Moff Gideon? And then how did he end up? away from moff gideon in the pod where mando finds him you know what i mean so my thing is even if you say oh this is how he was saved with order 66 you still have lingering questions that's only answering one of the many questions that we would have it's like i don't really see a point it would be a difference if it was like oh that's the big mystery about grogu it's like no that's just one of many things that has happened to this guy in the past 30 years you know what i mean like um Mm -hmm. So for me, I really, I just kind of, feel, I feel like we could see it, like maybe, but I just feel like we don't need to see it, um, because no, it's like, yeah. because it's like you, you're all right, you're you're answering this one question we have about him, but then do you feel obligated that you have to then answer everything else? Like, um, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, that is my thoughts on it. What do you think, Chris? I kind of agree with you with the sentiment that we don't. It's not necessarily something we have to see. Um, mm-hmm. I could see them maybe, like, making, like, an issue of a comic book or writing, like, maybe, like, a novel about it. Yeah. Um, like, as to, like, who might have saved them, like, again, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just made up a brand new character. Yeah. Um, who saved them. Mace Windu saved him. <laughs> uh, I'd be one down thing, for that. I, I, one I thing... actually like that, but... <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I would love that. If that was the answer, I would want that yeah. answer. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, one oh my thing... God, can you imagine Sam Jackson and, like, uh, bring Sam Jackson back? Yes. Oh age him down. <clears throat> oh, my God, that'd be so funny. Um, we, we know that Disney has the all the files they need for de-aging Sam Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. so they could definitely do it. They just got to shave his head, which probably would make it easier because uh, right. you don't have to deal with, like, the hairline and stuff. Um, so, ooh, what was I just going to say? Oh, yeah, so one thing that I will say that that I could see them solving this in is all those things like forces of destiny about all the women in Star Wars, um, you know, uh, Galaxy of Change, the, those kinds of animated um, shows for kids, those are all still canon. So, like, the argument that, like, Hera and Han have after the Battle of Endor about which ship is faster, the Ghost or the Falcon. That is canon. Like, that happened. Um, All those little shows for kids that are, like, two- or three-minute episodes, those are all canon. I would love to see a little... Give me a Forces of of, uh, Destiny Grogu thing. Give me, like, a Mm six-minute short just showing, you know, what happened. And then now we have the answer, but we don't have to dive deep into it. It's just, hey, this is what happened. One of the Jedi just kind of shoved him in a pod or sent him off in an escape pod. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that. That would be cool. Um, 
I don't think it needs. To, uh, I don't think it needs an arc on the Bad Batch of rescuing Grogu. Uh, hmm. Now, am I saying that I'm going to be disappointed if we get that? No, I'm not going to be disappointed if we get that. I'm just saying that um, you know a lot of talk lately about fan expectations and stuff like that, um, especially with Star Wars. But now it's kind of bleeding into Marvel as well. Uh, I I just think don't expect things that we don't really need to get. Uh, that's right. that's my thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, then we get the awesome fight uh, between the Magistrate and Ahsoka, and then we get the name drop of all name drops, uh, which is, you know, here we're thinking that Moff Gideon's the big bad of this whole universe, uh, or this whole franchise at least, and then uh, we get the question that Ahsoka asks, where she says, where, she first says, where is your master? Uh, like, wh where is he? And she, she goes, you know, I, I'll never... I'll never tell. And then Ahsoka mm. kind of <laughs> pushes in further, you know, yeah. and she go and then she goes, "Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" We are getting Mithrawn Yorodo in live action. Uh Chris, now I know you haven't watched Rebels, but are you familiar with Thrawn as a character outside of it in books or anything like that? Yes, um I haven't read any of the books he's in, but I am familiar with the character. Like mm -hmm. I've seen like several YouTube videos that they describe yeah. who he is and what he does. Mm -hmm. Now I know, uh, TJ. I know that Thrawn is your favorite Star Wars character of all time. Um, so no. let's go. No, but um, but what what were you guys' thoughts on this reveal? Uh, I I'll go, I'll go first, I guess, with this. Um, for me, you know, Thrawn is not my favorite Star Wars character of all time, but he is firmly top ten. Um, I think the Thrawn novels uh, that, you know, I've been reading and TJ's been reading them too um, currently are just so great. Uh, the character is just so great. I went on a rant a couple weeks back on the Planet <laughs> Film show about it um, just because for me, I just feel like there's a bit of a disconnect with his characterization on Star Wars Rebels versus the books. Um, in the books, he's more of a calm, calculated, nice person. Intellectual. Yeah, nice intellectual person who just is working for the Empire. Um, in Rebels, which I understand because it's a kid's show, so you have to change the characterization to make him more of a villain because kids aren't going to care if it's like, well, why is this bad guy not being bad? Like, you know what I mean? Kids aren't going to like that. Um, so I understand it on that level. But it's just in Rebels, he was more of a cold-hearted, uh, merciless guy. And that's just, to me, not really who the character is. Um, but those were only, uh, certain scenes, I would say certain scenes in season three, season four Thrawn felt a lot like Thrawn. Um, but you know, for his first kind of introduction just kind of felt a little bit off. So I'm hoping, um, that the Thrawn that we inevitably get in live action kind of treads the line more of the book character, uh, mm -hmm. than the characterization we got in Rebels. Um, so Chris, what are your thoughts? We'll go with you first on uh, the Thrawn reveal. Um, oh yeah, I was very, I was very interested to hear about that, especially with the, those rumors about Robert Downey Jr. possibly playing him. Oof. Um, actually, I did, I did have a question to you, though. Did you read, like, the, the original books that had Thrawn in it? Um, yeah. Like, it's like a legend. Oh, you read mm -hmm. those ones, too. Yeah, the like, Heir to the Empire okay. uh, trilogy, yeah. So was his character any different in that compared to, like, the current book series with him in it? So the main difference is the characterization, no, it's exactly the same. But the actual man, like, the actual character is different because uh, it's kind of two different time periods that he was in prominence. Mm -hmm. So in Legends, 
he was banished out to the banished out to the unknown regions by palpatine um and then only returned post endor so he mm-hmm. didn't have a big relationship with Darth Vader. He didn't have a big relationship with Emperor Palpatine in those books. It was more, mm-hmm. all right, I'm back. What can I take control of kind of stuff? Uh, in canon, because his his peak prominence was prior to the Battle of Yavin, um, more prequel stuff and in between episode three and four, uh, he has a huge part of his character is his relationship with Vader um, and then a huge part of his character is his constant, you know, kind of back and forth relationship with the Empire. And then as the books go further, you know, you get his relationship with Tarkin, his relationship with Krennic, um, a lot of the different people that we're now used to, you know, with the Empire. Um, so that that's kind of where it differs a little bit. But in terms of the actual character, it's pretty similar. It's just the places that it has to be different because of the time period that it's in. But that being said, now that all of those people, Tarkin, Krennic, Vader, Palpatine, they're all gone, I think when we get him in live action, he might be a little closer to the original character. Because now we're kind of basically where we were originally, where he is, I'm not going to spoil the end of Rebels, but I'll just say he is in the, the last time we knew about him, he is in the Unknown Regions. So now we're kind of, we might be able to line up a little better with the original novels. And then uh, TJ, what did you think of the uh, the review here? Uh, I was pretty excited. Um, obviously, I think yesterday Benedict Cumberbatch said that he has no interest in playing that character, which I think yeah. was a lot of people's like one of their fan castings. The other one is um, Michael Fassbender. No, um, Lars Mikkelsen, like the actual yeah, guy. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he related? Mm-hmm. Is his brother? Yeah. Matt? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was excited. Um, I'm assuming that they could turn that into obviously uh, his appearance on Mando, which they're going to do at some point. Mm-hmm. And obviously he he might show up in the, well, actually, is that a might, or do you think that's like 95% thrown in, in Ahsoka? Ahsoka? Yeah. I would say a hundred percent. Okay. I would then, say, then that. I would say it's like 99% chance he shows mm-hmm. up in book of Boba Fett. I would say it's a hundred percent chance he shows up in Rangers of the new Republic. 100% he shows up in Ahsoka, and 100% he Jeez, shows up in Mando. Jeez, you're saying everything. <laughs> I think, no, I think they're setting Thrawn up to be kind of the Thanos the big of, bad. of this yeah. universe. I think it's every yeah. show. I think the only reason I say 99% on Book of Boba Fett is because I think that might be a little side quest area, you know what I mean? Right. To, to kind of get Boba back yeah. to being Boba. Um, yeah. And then I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like Boba's like, all right, I got to go back and help these guys out and yeah. take this guy down. Um, and then the other thing, like, as soon as we heard that name, everybody immediately goes, well, where's Ezra then? Oh, um, yeah. And Absolutely. again, not to spoil anything, Chris, uh, by the end of Rebels, they're kind of entangled. Yeah, uh, the two characters are very linked. Yeah, yeah. Linked. Okay. Um, so if you get so one showing up, you'd be like, you might okay, get the where's other. the other one? Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that made me even more excited and maybe... I, I've heard there's there's possible news of I think this is a few weeks ago that the guy who played Aladdin in the live action Aladdin would be playing Ezra. Yeah. Um so that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this may just made me really excited for season three and obviously the other series that they have coming. Yeah. Uh now TJ, I'll put this to you because you're familiar with the character, um, but maybe people people watching probably definitely aren't Chris I know isn't. <clears throat> um there I've seen reports uh and speculation that possibly we could get before Thrawn himself shows up, we could get Eli Vanto in live action showing up 
in this show. What are your thoughts on that? With getting somebody from the novels, because uh, you know Eli oh. right now is in the uh, yeah, 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 yeah out of uh, the unknown um, regions. It'd be cool, but it'd just be such a pull. Like you'd really have yeah. like because the to only me, people that are going to know who me, that character if is. If Cobb Vanth can show up, and it's yeah. no issue, I think Eli Vanto can show up. Yeah. If it, Cobb Vanth was such a deep pull from the aftermath novels, he's such a small character in canon, and the fact that yeah. they brought him into live action, I think Eli has been in in not every book because he wasn't in the second one, but he's been in three of the four Thrawn books. Um, so I think he's a more familiar character than Cobb Vanth. I, I think it's doable. I just don't. I it would have to be a reason, like you know what I mean. Um, yeah, he can't just show up for no reason. Because we already <laughs> know, like, okay, well this moth gideon like oh he's the big bad but it's like no he's just a thrawn pawn basically right uh, and it's like are you really gonna do another guy who works for thrawn just yeah. slightly higher up the ladder you know what i mean it's yeah. like just just bring in the big guy like yeah chris this is basically like time. this is basically who thrawn gets like stuck with basically okay. in the first book right am i yeah. correct to say yeah that? so it's like yeah. his kind of um his assistant to acclimate him into the empire but then yeah. Eli, uh, in the first book, and then definitely in the later books, uh, he becomes much more of his own character. And it's it's kind of like a begrudging friendship turned into a very strong bond, like mutual trust type mm. thing. Like, I would say, like, Eli would be, um, like, Thrawn's closest human ally. Like, the closest human that he would trust uh, would be that. So, it kind of like think, I mean, I have no idea where the character is now. Because the book that I'm on right now is set everything. All the books right now are set prior to Rebels, um, so I mean I don't know where the character is right now, but uh, you know that's it, it has a possibility of showing up. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, go on here. So then now we get uh, the end of the episode. Ahsoka tells him, you know, go to um, the moon uh, or go to the planet Typhon. Uh, there you'll find one of the original Jedi temples. Uh, and if you place Grogu on the, what did she call it? The seeing stone or, or place Grogu, like that. place Grogu yeah. on the main stone. Uh, it's a force beacon and he'll be able to reach out to other Jedi. She uses the term Jedi or other force sensitive people in the galaxy. Um, and then someone will be able to take him that might be able to train him aside from me, basically. Um, so that leads us right into episode uh, chapter 14, the tragedy, uh, which definitely was a tragedy. Uh, not the episode itself, because the episode itself was fantastic. Um, so we we get cracking in this one, man. We we are mm -hmm. we we start off and uh, we are landing on Typhon. We are heading up to the Jedi Temple and then uh, all of a sudden. Right in the background, we see we see Slave One coming through the sky, about to wreck wreck stuff up. Uh, so, TJ, I'll start with you. What were your first initial reactions to this episode overall? And uh, when Slave One showed up, were you like, "Oh man, this thing's about to pop up"? Uh, right I was like, uh, "Finally," because we saw him in Episode One at the end, and then we didn't see yeah. him until. I mean, this, this was episode. like this was what, like <laughs> six weeks later. <laughs> we yeah. finally saw him, um, again. and boy, did we see him. Yeah, I was just excited to see the character um, and uh, see what they were going to do with him. Um, and again, this this episode is so action packed, like, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I was just really excited to see the character. 
Yeah, uh, same. Chris, what were your uh, thoughts on getting to see uh, Boba in uh, his full glory and live action in this episode? Oh yeah, I was I was really excited to see him all as well. Um, I was um I was at one of the I was really relieved like that he ended up kind of becoming an ally. Um, oh same, but, right. And Absolutely. by the end of it, like I don't know because I really like uh, Boba Fett's character, and I guess like he's cool as like antagonist also, but um mm-hmm. I just wanted to root for him a bit more. Um. um he was trying to get his armor back this episode, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he yeah. was basically tracking uh, Din because he knew that uh, Din had his armor. Yeah, and I, I really, I wish I re- remember the name of the actor. Um, Tamora Morrison. Yeah, the guy who he plays all the clones and Django Fett. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was glad to see. Uh, I was really happy to see that they brought mm-hmm. him back for the role and just didn't like recast um, Boba Fett as yeah. someone else. Uh, um, insert uh, insert Michael Corleone gif of just when I thought I was out, you pulled me back in for Tamora Morrison. <laughs> that guy, he was like, oh yeah, man, Star Wars, such a great chapter in my life. They were like, hey, how about four Disney Plus shows uh, in the span of like a year? Uh, how about that? Would that be okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I just think it's great that they brought him back. Same here. Um, then, like, one other thing I was going to say about the episode, um, I forget the name of the woman he's traveling with. Um, Fennec Shand. Yeah, I just remember at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, she looks familiar, but I cannot remember for the life of me who she was. Then, uh, <laughs> I forget, it's probably the, the episode of the first season that I forgot the, about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was Dave Filoni's second. That okay. That was his, that yeah, was that Dave Filoni's second. Minute. Sorry, yeah. The, main, the weird thing is, the main thing I remember about the episode is a woman who is watching Baby Yoda. I forgot everything else oh, yeah. that happened in between. Then, um, I'm glad they showed a flashback to that at mm-hmm. one point in the episode to remind me of who she was. Um, yeah, and then Fennec Shand, we know uh, already. We've seen is going to be showing up in at least one arc of season one of the Bad Batch, um, because she she pops up in the Bad Batch trailer. Uh, also being reprised um, by Ming-Na Wen uh, in that show, um, which will be very, very interesting. Uh, now, yeah, let's let's talk about some of this uh, Boba Fett uh, action. Now, Tamora Morrison, he is... Um, oh, gosh, I want to get the terms right. He is uh, obviously from New Zealand, and he, you know, his family and everything, they practice, you know, the kind of uh, original, the indigenous uh, people's, you know, religion and stuff like that. And kind of their attributes. So he actually was able to incorporate some of the moves and martial arts skills that he learned as a kid into some of mm-hmm. the action here, which I just thought was so um, awesome that he was able to do that. I just think it's just like what Chris said. Like, it's just such a great opportunity for Tamora Morrison to be able to come back to this character, um, you know, that he hadn't played for, gosh, right. fifth. I mean, Granted, yeah, Battlefront 2, Battlefront, he always voiced Boba, um, you know, when it wasn't D. Bradley Baker on The Clone Wars um, or mm-hmm. or Rebels. But anything else, it was always, uh, you know, Tamora Morrison would come in and do the voice. Um, but to actually come back in live action and be able to play it after, uh, you know, 15 years, pretty much. Yeah, like 15 years, pretty much. Uh, I just think it's such a great opportunity for him. And then to, to just kick ass on the level 
that he was kicking ass in this episode um is just like remarkable <laughs> like it's so it's so insane uh how much he's able to pull off like i just have a clip up on the screen right now for everybody to see like he is stabbing stormtroopers he's cracking their helmets open with his skulls staff. and like, yeah that's that was crazy oh i man. think we were both like clearly the armor doesn't fit as well as it used to but it yeah. still looks cool doing it. Well, that's the thing is that, like, Tamora Morrison is not fat. He is, like, barrel-chested. Like, he yeah. is, like, he he could knock you out with one punch. Like, he's built like that. Like, um, it, the man is literally built like a house in every uh, aspect. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, so then he kind of does the fighting, and then he kind of breaks off from everybody else uh, as Mando is. Because, basically, Mando is just up on the rock majority of the action in this episode comes from boba fett because mando is mm -hmm. up kind of on grogu watch um just making sure that he's okay and that nobody is going up to you know mess with him or anything like that nobody gets too close to him uh so then it kind of goes down to fennec shan is kind of helping protect them and then we go away from boba for a little bit after we see him kind of glance over at the razor crest and then boom the next time we see boba is that amazing shot where he you know rises up into frame from uh behind from behind uh the stormtrooper and just knocks him out with the back of his hand like uh so what were you guys thoughts on this that we finally get actual boba fett back finally wearing his actual armor um just kind of kicking butt in this episode uh chris we'll go with you what were your thoughts on the boba fett action with the wrist rockets the knee rockets the fists, the gun, everything. You know what I mean? Uh, what were your thoughts? Again, like, everything was just great to me. Um, it was just nice to see him back in his armor. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, TJ, how about you? Um, yeah, I echo everything Chris just said. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it was just nice to see him, like, be in the armor again fighting. Um, I think we were both, like, the other thing where like clearly the armor's like dirty and old because mm -hmm. it just it did not look like how we're used to seeing it. Yeah. And we're like, are they gonna like, you know, give them a little paint job? Which we find out in the next episode that they we do will do that. See, yeah. Um, which again looks so much cleaner. Oh. Um and then uh there's something that happens. I'm trying to think. I can't remember. I thought there was something that happened, and I was episode? like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah, but I, I don't when remember. He uses it might the, be like the, the rocket launcher to take out the uh, ships. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but I was thinking, I don't know if it's this episode or if it's another episode when they do the, they, when the slave one drops the, oh, that's, the that's the next bomb yeah, thing. Yeah. That's the next episode. Ugh. Um, most satisfying sound ever in any movie oh, yeah. ever. Um, seismic, seismic charges, man. Yeah. But yeah, I was just. Uh, I, I oh it was the fact that I remember saying this to you and I saw a lot of people saying that that it almost looked low budget I don't know why um I I forgot what my exact like you said that thing you thought it was because um because this was shot on location not on the volume right. you said right. that you thought it might have been that that because it just Maybe, looked like yeah. a bunch of people on a like hill running around fight, like fighting each other um yeah. it, it was like it just kind of looked I didn't think it looked lower budget I just thought it looked much smaller scale uh that's right. just you know that's just what i thought which i don't think is a bad thing 
Um, mm-hmm. Even looking, you know, a little bit lower budget, I don't think it's that bad of a thing because it, it, it's a TV show. You know what I mean? There's moments in WandaVision yeah. um, that we've seen that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you see the budget a little bit. Um, Vision's head notwithstanding, apparently, which is a whole other thing yeah. that we will talk about. Uh, tune in this Tuesday at 8 p.m., uh, and we will be talking about uh, Vision's head aplenty because uh, we will be reviewing the Marvel Assembled documentary on Tuesday. Um so yeah, we got some awesome Boba Fett action. Then basically, Boba hops into Slave One uh, ASAP because um, he is trying to see, you know, what. Oh, actually, sorry, I just skipped probably the biggest beat of the entire episode. Um, so Mando runs down to help Fennec and Boba because you know shit's getting real. Uh, and then as soon as he runs down, um, the dark troopers are deployed and they just swoop down. They grab Grogu. And they just fly right up. Uh, and now, obviously, we know Boba Fett's jetpack uh, is not the best jetpack in the world. Uh, right. <laughs> and also, earlier in the episode, to prove that he wasn't that much of a threat to Boba, uh, Din took off his jetpack, also because I'm sure it's pretty heavy and stuff, he probably, and he's not used to wearing it. Um, so Din does not have his jetpack. So they are running up the hill, basically, to try and get Grogu before they take off. Um, but they do not do it in time, and the Dark Troopers take Grogu up to Moff Gideon's ship, um, and then we get this great scene with Boba, where Boba's just, like, he hops right into Slave One, and he tries mm-hmm. to go up after it, and he kind of, right when he ba- breaks through the clouds, you see Boba Fett, who, you know, everybody is like, you know, obviously he's had moments of vulnerability in Clone Wars and in the prequels and stuff, but somebody who's like, we just watched him be a badass for 20 minutes, Boba, like, crafts his pants, basically. He, like, mm-hmm. breaks the crowd, the cloud line, doesn't go any further, and he just kind of whispers to himself. He's like, oh, my God, they're back. The the Empire's back. Like, he's like... And then Fennec and uh, Mando are kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, no, like, right. it, what do you mean they're back? And he's like, I'm looking right at it. And he's like, you can kind of tell that Boba's kind of shitting himself because he's like, this is way more than I was uh, ready to get involved in again Mm -hmm. basically so he hightails it back down to the surface um and then they have a great scene where you know he shows mando finally you know this armor does belong to me um and all that stuff so what were your guys thoughts on that uh with you know boba trying to trying to go up to save grogu with the ship um but realizing you know this was a fight that he was not ready to take on um i think it's just kind of like i just like the realization that uh it's not over and that you know um obviously we get like kind of hints like throughout the show that Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's just kind of nice to see like a character like realize it i guess yeah chris what do you think Uh, i have similar thoughts to tj on that um like i'll be honest i've i have a vague i should have rewatched some of these episodes before i did this some i have a my memory's a little bit hazy on that part, but, like, the part I do remember a bit more is when he's, like, proving to Mando that um, the armor's his. Um, I just kind of liked how they went through the family history and all that and showed, like, oh, this is how, like, I'm a, like, technically, like, an honorary uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like, one of the things I forgot to mention in, uh, was it chapter? the third episode of season two um when they're talking to bo katan how we found out that like 
um, Din, um, what's his name? Din. Din Jaren. Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Din Jaren, like how he's part of like a, like a sect of Mandalorians that like mm-hmm. I just like how they explain why some of them take off their helmets yeah. and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just was a appreciative that they like went more into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was another kick-ass moment with Boba Fett, uh, and I like it kind of finally put to rest because George Lucas had said things some way. Filoni had said things another way. Um, Canon had kind of said things another way with Prime Minister Olmec on Mandalore being like, how Jango Fett came to acquire that armor, I'll never know, but he's mm-hmm. definitely not a Mandalorian. And it's like, well, now it's you kind of realize like that guy, he was just BSing uh, Obi-Wan, basically, and Satine, because uh, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, so now we realize that, no, he is, Jango was an honorary Mandalorian, which which does link up with um, his uh, backstory in the comics and everything and the expanded Legends material on Django, uh, which, you know, I I would like to see one day, maybe not live action, but maybe um, like a canon comic or a canon book uh, about Django's rise to power. Or even I would love a Django Fett first person uh, or like third person like video game, like where it's a a single player story Django Fett uh, Mm -hmm. video game. There is one. Um, have you ever played uh, Bounty Hunt, Star Wars Bounty Hunt? Yeah, that's. I mean, like in canon. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see like a remake of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I would love, I would love for it to be, you know, based like go through different eras of Django's life. I think that would be very, very cool. Um, and yeah, so I you kind of have this great connection also where it's it's kind of this mutual respect with Boba and Mando, um, because you know Mando realizes. Django was basically a foundling just like he was um so it's like if din jaren you know he considers himself a mandalorian because he was a foundling if if din had a kid you know they would be mandalorian just like boba fett is so Mm -hmm. um it's kind of a nice moment of mutual respect and kind of uh, appreciation between the two characters if you will um yeah so let's go ahead and uh, head to the last shot of this uh episode which is um Oh, wait, hang on. Is this the last shot, or is this the first shot of the next episode? Um, regardless, what are your thoughts of when we finally get to see Grogu on uh, Moff Gideon's ship, and he's kind of bashing the stormtroopers around, uh, and then Moff Gideon threatens uh, the life of a child with a lightsaber about a centimeter away from his face. What were your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, when he was throwing the stormtroopers around, I was like, um, <clears throat> I was like, uh, well, that doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of like, ooh, like this is like this is going down that path where it's like I don't know, like if this kid, like I get he's protecting himself, mm-hmm. but it just he's their stormtroopers are thrown in such a violent manner, yeah, that it kind of makes the viewer think that uh, Grogu is kind of heading down that darker path, um, and then you just kind of of course like fear for him as well when, uh. John Carlos Mazzito comes up and threatens him with the, uh, the, the blade. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out the baby cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, then the other last shot of this episode with Din is Din returns to Navarro, um, with, uh, Boba and on slave one and everything. And they basically go up to, he goes up to Cara Dune and he says, you know, uh, I need, I need somebody, uh, you know, and basically they bring up, 
the shot of Bill Burr's character Mayfield again. Uh, and that's who we start off the next episode with, which is Mayfield uh, or Mayfield working at this kind of scrapyard uh, as his prison sentence, basically. And then Cara Dune says, you know, you need to come with me. They kind of fake his own death, basically, uh, to try and get him out. And then this is where we get the, the whole crew starting to come together in Slave One uh, with Boba's sweet, sweet, uh, fresh new paint job. Um, so what were, you, what were your guys' thoughts on the kind of opening of this episode with kind of getting the band back together here to kind of get together to break Grogu out of uh, Moff Gideon's custody and, uh, you know, get him back with Mando? What were your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, we'll go with uh, TJ first. Um, yeah, I was happy to see Bill Burr's character back. I thought he was probably maybe one of the strongest from that episode in the first season. Um from a very strong episode, might I add, because that episode was, was like a lot of action and I thought mm -hmm. again directed very well. Um and Bill Burr, I thought he brings like a nice comedic sense to the role yeah. that I, I like. Um <clears throat> so I was really excited to bring him back. Um and then again, it kind of ends where, you know, he could come back again. You never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was excited to see him back. Chris? What were your thoughts oh. on the episode overall? Oh, this is probably my favorite episode this season. Because, um, like, Bill oh. Burr's character is, like, at least among the original characters, like, made for the show, is probably my favorite of mm -hmm. um, all of them. So I was very happy to see him back. Um, was this episode the... Is this the one that Robert Rodriguez did? Uh, uh, that was the, that was the last one. one. Yeah, that oh, was the yeah, last, last one. one. Oh, okay. But, um... Yeah, I was so happy to see Bill Burr back, um, especially um, he did such a great job in the one scene where they're, where oh, they're talking. Yeah. Is it like a commander they're talking to? Or yeah, it was a commander um, that either, yeah, it was a commander um, from the Empire, yeah, sorry. Yeah, then like, everything. I just loved everything about the episode. I liked the tense fight scenes on like when they're trying to transport that, um, Oh, they're trying to get into the base with the in the truck. Mm -hmm. I forget the material they're transporting, and just know it was like extremely explosive. Yeah, I think it's um, uh, Redonium. Redonium. Okay. Yeah, it's from uh, the books and stuff. Okay, yeah, I never read the books, so. Um. Yeah, I just liked all the banter between all the characters. It just the chemistry between everyone was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I loved. Um, I loved a lot of this episode with. Uh, you know. Din having to kind of realize, okay, well, I can't walk in with full-fledged Mandalorian armor uh, because, I'm just, you know, I kind of got to go covert. So he does hide his face, but he, he dresses in a um, in a tank trooper outfit. And, you know, you kind of get this great scene with uh, Bill Burr and him when they're driving um, in the convoy to kind of blend in. And Bill Burr kind of calls him on his BS. He's like, what, what the hell's going on here? He's like, you know, it, is it you can't take the helmet off? Now you took the whole outfit off. You're just wearing a different. Right, like, he's like, yeah. he's like, is it you can't take that helmet off? Or, or I think he specifically <laughs> says he says, so what's the rule? Is it you can't show your face or you can't take the helmet off? And Mando's just kind of like, oh, like that. But it's like it's a valid question. Because no, yeah, it's like <laughs> you're you're breaking your own rules left and right here, and you kind of realize that the the heartwarming truth of it is he's breaking his the rules to to save the child. Like that's the only mm -hmm. reason he's doing it. 
uh, and then you see kind of the slow understanding of Mayfeld set in when he has to take his helmet off to scan in because Mayfeld's like, listen, I'm already in the system. If I try to scan my face to get access, they're going to pull it up and say, you know, you're a criminal or whatever. Um, but your face, you know, is clean. It doesn't have it. It's not in the records or anything. Um, which the logic on that is kind of iffy because it's like if his face isn't in the records, why is he getting access? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and then they kind of get caught with the helmet off because this commander tells, you know, he's like, hey, come over here and have a drink with us. And, you know, you can kind of tell Mayfield is understanding that Din feels very uncomfortable with uh, his helmet being off and stuff. So he's kind of trying to talk the um, conversation. But we get some we get some serious Bill Burr acting and some serious yeah. uh, Star Wars um, lore expansion. So basically, uh, Operation Cinder. Now, now, Chris, where are you at with the uh, video games? Did you play Battlefront Two, the campaign? Oh uh, yeah, I, I okay. did the campaign for that. Yeah, so Operation Cinder, obviously, majorly involved in Battlefront Two's campaign um, with mm. Inferno Squadron and um, oh crap, what's his name? Uh, Gin. Uh, Iden Versio's dad. Uh, Iden Versio. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, her her father. Um, basically it was an operation of the empire the, the emperor had a bunch of contingency plans basically and one of them was operation cinder which was well if an empire can't protect its emperor the empire shouldn't exist so it's basically right he just started he just had this thing in motion where these weapons would be deployed on all these planets and they would just start basically boiling the atmosphere of planets that that were against the empire or with the empire because that was palpatine's whole thing was if you guys can't keep me alive you guys don't deserve to be alive either um and so we get the backstory here that we knew from season one that mayfeld was a ex-imperial sharpshooter um but we find out here that he was boots on the ground for operation cinder so he had to you know murder a bunch of people and then you know he also says you know operation cinder it they didn't care if we were off the planet yet or not. He was like tons of my, you know, brothers and stuff died because they were still trapped on the planets when the um, weapons were engaged. And, you know, we got the commander. He makes the big mistake of he's just like, you know, a sacrifice uh, good for the Empire. So, or the Empire is mm -hmm. made better for it or something. And then Bill Burr has a great moment where he's really acting his chops off. And he starts crying, and he it, just not crying, but like one tearing it Denzel style. And he's like, "Was it good for them? Was it good for for my for the people that I was protecting that 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 died for for this cause that 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 then failed, like that the Empire right. doesn't exist anymore?" And then the commander starts to get a little like, "Well, everything's good for the good of the Empire." And then it. You could tell the situation is heading south, and then Mayfeld, you know, pulls out the blaster. He just can't deal with it anymore, and just blows him away, uh, <laughs> which I, I thought was great. Um, so then after that, you know, we get uh, this epic escape kind of where they're just kind of shooting their way out, um, and then they get picked up by Boba, uh, and then on their way out, you know, we get the great, uh, we get a, a, a nice uh, sh showing of Mayfeld's sharpshooting ability. And he blows up one of the um, tanks that basically creates a chain reaction, blows up the whole damn place uh, to, to just get back at everybody, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then, here you go, TJ. This is where we get the beautiful 
TIE Fighter Escape Chase, uh, where the TIEs are coming up to Slave 1, and there is one weapon that can stop those TIEs, <laughs> uh, which is the Seismic Charges, uh, making a reappearance uh, like 18 years later after, after yeah. um, the uh, Attack of the Clones. So what were you guys' thoughts on this? Do you guys enjoy seeing the Seismic Charges again and stuff? Was it as satisfying as you remember? Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on kind of the tail end and the end of this episode? Um, I liked the way the episode ended. Like you said, like the whole Operation Cinder thing. I was very happy when they brought in that because it had it had it been talked about in other things. I'm assuming um, or no? just kind of like the Battlefront novels and then the game. Okay, like I because that was something like as much as I was not really a fan of the Battlefront Two campaign because I just didn't think that like it controlled. I thought it was weird and just I just didn't really yeah. like it. Um, I did like that they brought that in which mm -hmm. it kind of made me feel like uh satisfied that i had played the like the campaign and like i'm hoping they do that with like fallen order or something like oh, if you yeah, see yeah. that character pop up where it's like oh i'm glad i played the game so like i know mm -hmm. that character um the charge like i liked it the seismic charge but it was not the exact same yeah. it was same. a little different which i was like Ugh. It was like if maybe if we like raise the I don't even know like what sound setting you would do, but now, if you like just like copy pasted from Attack of the Clones, this is what I will say. <laughs> now this is what I will say. Granted, there shouldn't be any sound in space, um, but this is Star Wars, and they have tried <laughs> to explain it in Legends, and then I think they even tried to explain it in Canon and stuff that like something about the artificial gravity wells and something yeah. like that. Uh, they have even said, I know this for a fact, in Legends, they said ships have a built-in thing that simulate the sound in, uh. like, the bridge speakers and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I, I just chalk it up to it's a movie and you're hearing yeah. the sound because there's sound. Um, but that being said, I think it's different because this seismic charge is deployed in atmosphere. Uh, so the first okay. seismic charge, it was completely silent, and then when it ruptured, it had the... Yeah. yeah yeah this was kind of like <laughs> like it kind of yeah. had a it had a beginning sound which the first yeah. one didn't which i think it was close it was really long. close it just wasn't exactly it same. wasn't as satisfying you know what i mean yeah and you didn't have ewan mcgregor going seismic charges like you know what i mean it, it just it wasn't all there but uh yeah. it was very very close what did you think uh chris oh yeah i was gonna say the same thing as tj did about like it not sounding quite the same like Part of me, I first said, was wondering if it was just, like, I didn't have, like, a good sound system or yeah. anything. But I'm glad I'm not the only one that... No, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that whole escape scene was awesome. I, um, hmm. Yeah, Did I... You, have you played, like, have you played Battlefront 2? Or Fallen yes. Order or anything? Yes, I have. I actually, um... I finally uh, got to the campaign, I think it was, like, this past December... Cause mm -hmm. I had the game for a while. I just didn't get around to it. Like, yeah, the campaign was okay. Um, but it was really cool to, that they brought up Operation Cinder. Like, it almost right. made me like, I know they never do this, but it'd be really cool if they patched it and just added like a uh, Mayfield in there somewhere in the background. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then we have uh the final scene of this, which is Mando. They now have uh you know, the information to track um, Moff Gideon's 
light cruiser, uh, which is what they were achieving um, at this plant. So they now have the information to track his light cruiser. So basically, uh, Mando feels confident enough. He leaves. Uh, he slides into Moff Gideon's DMs, uh, and he basically does a does a Uno reverse card on him from season mm-hmm. one, where Mando leaves him a message and says, "You know, I'm coming for you. You have something that I want." Um, and so basically, Moff Gideon kind of does a like kind of swallows his throat a little because it's like oh crap this guy's coming for me Mm -hmm. uh but he still probably feels ready for it um so then now we are kicking off uh with the uh finale here so let's dive into the finale let's go with oh well sorry before that real quick uh at the end of this episode they drop bill burr back off and they're kind of like oh like oh Oh, i hope we gotta return him and then i think they're in the middle of nowhere actually they're like, oh, like, we got to let him go. Or, like, we got to return him to prison, like, where he'll probably rot forever. And they kind of just, like, let him go. Which is like, oh, yeah. maybe he'll come back in the next episode or something. Or not the next episode, but another season. Yeah, I think yeah. they said they were going to report him dead and he wasn't. Right, like, right, right. I thought it was funny because I probably had a similar reaction where it's like, I'd have to make them clarify for me that they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let me go. <laughs> oh, my uh yeah so then next we are starting off with the finale here now what are your guys thoughts uh just as a whole just you don't have to give specifics or anything just what was your overall thoughts on the mandalorian season two finale um episode uh tj if you want to go first you can uh take it away uh yeah i thought there was a lot of good action um i was excited to see how it ended uh i'm glad we kind of got i'm almost kind of glad that we got away from a certain character that we uh, nobody had anticipated that that character would be like are we i mean are we doing spoilers like it's a review right like yeah. or should we wait until we get there uh, we could, i mean <laughs> i guess we could do whatever we could wait until if you're talking about the cameo i guess we could just wait until we get there. oh that's not what i was talking about oh okay then yeah. well, i guess i kind of so, am but like we kind of like get away from like grogu at the end which oh, i kind yeah, of yeah, liked yeah. Because going into the first season, nobody knew that that's what the first two seasons of the show would be about. Yeah. Right. They thought it was just so a I, show about a Mandalorian. Exactly. So I was kind of happy to see that, like, oh, like, you know, we spent two seasons with this character and now he's gone. Like, mm-hmm. what's next? You know? Yeah. It's not like me that. thinking, like, oh, are we just going to, like, you know, it's just gonna be how much Mando longer are we going to have to protect show. this kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, what did you think overall? Oh uh, yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, like yeah, everything together about it was great. Like um, the cameo, like uh, the cameo at the end just made me very happy. Like I was telling my wife after I watched that episode that like for the first time in a while since I like um, I wasn't very happy with the sequel trilogy, and I'd just been kind of a little bit numb on Star Wars, even after the first mm-hmm. season of Mandalorian, which I did enjoy, but. I just liked the season so much, especially with the finale, that it, like, started making me excited about Star Wars again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I loved it. Boom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, say, I will say, for me, um, I love this uh, finale. I think it's right up there with some of the best Star Wars we've gotten um, in a long time. It's definitely probably maybe the best Star Wars live action we've gotten in a long time. Um, it's just tight. You know what I mean? It's just a tight mm-hmm. finale. There's not a lot of fat on it. It really just gets to the 
core of what we're doing. And then like TJ kind of alluded to, um, I love the choice that they made with Grogu. I love that choice that they were like, all right, he served the purpose for, for this time. Maybe, you know, you know, they end with, you know, the classic, like, oh, we'll, we'll see each other again. Like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like, maybe, you know, in the finale finale, like the series finale, maybe Mando, you know, they, he helps beat Thrawn. And then he's like, all right, now I can rest kind of thing. Like, and he goes and he, he checks in on him and then he's like, oh my God, who's this Ben kid? He's killing everybody. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, but r- really like, uh, I, I'm really glad that we're getting away from that. And I don't want any Grogu in season two. I don't want, like, if you're going to bring him back, bring him back at season the very three. end. Very, just, very, oh, in season three. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, but bring him back like at the very end of the show or just don't even bring him back at all and use the character in some other capacity. Um, because you had a hit on your hands with that character. It was really, really great for what it needed to be. Um, and then I think you went, it's the same thing when you see a show that, you know, knows when to wrap itself up. Filoni and Favreau knew, all right, it's time to wrap up Grogu's story and start getting into the big, the big Mm -hmm. picture here. Um, which I just think is great. And then obviously I also love the cameo was it felt right like it felt right within universe um that that cameo would happen um and then also they didn't dwell on the cameo too much it was just in and mm-hmm. out served its purpose helped him out um and you know did what it needed to do and that was it it didn't linger it didn't he wasn't right. like i'm joining the team or you know you yeah. you're oh coming my with god me. like that would have been like <laughs> too much um, yeah. um did you how did you think it looked the CGI? i thought it looked good yeah so like, let's, I didn't just, think it let's just get there and talk about it because there's a lot of cool action here but we don't review yeah. the action we review the story so let's get let's just jump forward um the cameo that we're talking about of course is the jedi that responded to grogu's call on typhon uh is none other than luke skywalker himself um mark hamill so that is who we're talking about sorry tj you can continue uh yeah i just when he walked in i i felt like it looked pretty good i think a lot of people like everybody's been you know uh everybody was fan casting like oh sebastian stan is like a young luke skywalker which i don't really see is that just me yeah i okay so this is what i'll say if they ever want to do a luke show i think you you can't keep up the cg thing for an entire show um i would say if they do a luke show i would do i would i can't think of i'll just say i can't think of anyone else that could play him besides sebastian stan right because he just Um, looks so much like him I mean, it didn't like. Oh wait, so like, Hamill was on the set, right? They just de-aged him. Yeah. Or no? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It was just like an um, Avengers. You know, he did all the acting. Right, right, they just right. de-aged him. Uh, yeah. Like I didn't think it looked like terrible or anything. Like I thought it looked pretty good. I had I thought I had seen like a decent amount of things being like, it was pretty iffy. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought it looked, you know, um. But yeah, then there was, you know, all those like theories of like, uh, you know, oh, is like as we're going to show up, is that the Jedi or, you know, something like that? Like, yeah. Um, but as soon as you see the X-Wing, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know uh, what's yeah. what's about to But yeah, I, come I was happy with it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts overall on the cameo uh, and the the actual look of like the CGI and stuff like that and how they handled the character showing up? Oh yeah, I thought they handled it um <clears throat> pretty much perfectly. Um like in terms of how he looked, I thought he looked um really good as well. Like 
excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry. There you go. Um, <clears throat> um, like the I there were like a few blemishes here and there. One interesting thing I saw was like somebody made a video where they did the same scene except they made like a deep fake of Luke, where mm -hmm. it almost looked up nearly about the same, if not a little bit better. Um. Maybe that doesn't detract about the final product. I just thought that was interesting where you have, like, the deep fake stuff versus, like, yeah. all the CG technology. Mm -hmm. um, like, one, like, blind hope that I doubt would ever happen that I think would be cool, like, like once Luke takes uh, Rogu with him. Like, when we were talking about earlier, um, like, people speculating on the background story of Rogu, it'd be cool if they had, like, kind of like a Jedi Academy-style show where it's, like, Luke teaching like a, his new students and all that, and like maybe each episode would focus on like a story of a different student or something along the lines mm -hmm. of that. If they ever felt the need to continue Rogu's story, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I uh, thought they uh, handled it really well. Did I forgot? Did Luke recognize uh, Boba Fett? Or was Boba wasn't there. No, oh, yeah, he he he, okay. uh, he bounced out. Yeah. That definitely would have been a very interesting uh, interaction. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But even even like Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon was knocked out behind, neatly tucked behind the console when Luke walked in because clearly those two characters definitely should recognize each other. Like because clearly Moff Gideon recognizes who Luke is right away because he tries to pull mm. the gun on himself and he's like, nope, I'm not. Why? Like. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then, uh, but then obviously, when Luke actually comes in there, Moff Gideon's all knocked out, so we don't actually see that interaction happen. And and that's another thing that I think that they they did pretty well is you know you didn't need to see those interactions because it's like it wasn't it wasn't that important to the story. It was a story about right. Luke just coming and helping out in that exact moment. Uh, and and you know it makes sense for the character of Luke because we know that's what he was doing. He was out there. He was looking for Jedi artifacts. He was helping people. He was being the Jedi of the galaxy, basically. Um, you know, yeah, I just think it was a, a great use of his character um, to come in and fill in in this exact spot that he was needed. Uh, I think it was nice for Mark Hamill to be able to come in and, you know, play him again. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it was great um, with that. And then, obviously, uh, we get him taking him with him. Uh, and then that is the final scene of the finale, uh, which we will in a second we'll talk about the uh, post credit scene. But um, that's the final scene of the finale is Luke heading off with uh, Grogu to take him out to the uh, sorry to take him out to his you know Jedi Academy on on Octu. You'd have to assume. Um, so, what are your guys' thoughts uh, overall on this season? Just quick wrap up, just a few sentences. Uh, we'll go with uh, TJ first. Um, what were your thoughts overall on the season in just a few, uh, um, I thought it was a very good season. I thought it was better than the first. Um, there's definitely, obviously like the second episode, I think is maybe one of the weakest, um, just yeah. cause you know, it's kind of just like a bridge. Like, it's almost like a bridge between the first and the third. Um, but yeah, I was happy with the ending, the cameo. I was excited that Grogu kind of got taken, not I would have liked to see more of him, but like I'm glad he's kind of out of the picture now because then mm -hmm. you can kind of focus more on, uh, you can even lean more into uh, Dinjarin as a character and, um, more adventures 
for yeah. season three. So this just made me want season three even more to see what they come up with. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Chris, how about you? Um, well, my only disappointment was I was really before I found out it was Luke. I was really hoping that cameo would be Jar Jar Binks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, serious though. No, it's just though, like I I love the season. Um. Like, I like all the appearances of, like, characters from different shows and, like, books and, like, mentions from events and, like, even the video games. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like it was, like, tying, like, everything, the universe up a lot more. And, like, like I mentioned, how I mentioned earlier, how, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, the sequel trilogy. Part of the reason why was, like, I just got a little bit annoyed how they didn't really explain, like, the origins of the First Order, at least that well within the films. And, like, part of where I'm hoping they're going with all these, like, uh, Disney Plus shows is, like, I'm hoping it's, like, starting to lead up into, like, a satisfying origin of the First Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just got a feeling that's where they're starting to go. Like, I did yeah, have I a question. Yeah, I would hope so, definitely. Yeah. For you guys, like, so we were talking about earlier with Rogu, they're extracting, were they extracting, like, his blood or something earlier? I just remember they had, like, these, vi- like, blue vials, I think. Yeah, it was, like, his blood or, like, his, like, material, like, his, his cells and stuff. Okay, did, yeah. did, um, Moff Gideon, did he use that on himself in the last, I just remember him doing something with those vials in the last episode, or am I remembering I think he wrong? just tried to, like, grab him. I think. But he didn't, okay. he didn't, like, inject himself or anything. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I was wondering if he, like, um... Kind of what we were talking about. I think we were talking about this earlier with the idea of, like, mm-hmm. infusing, like, non, like, force people, people with it. The, the force, yeah, to give it to the, um, mm-hmm. the ability to do that. I would not be surprised if uh, eventually that is what happens. Mm-hmm. If eventually we get we get somebody, you know, juicing up with some uh, metachlorians mm-hmm. uh, in one of these shows. Um, I think it would be very interesting. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and talk about. Let's close out by uh, talking about this post credit scene here. Um, so obviously, this is the post credit scene tie-in uh, to the book of Boba Fett, uh, which is going to be the new, the newer, the newest show, uh, the next live action series coming out on <clears throat> on Disney Plus uh, for Star Wars. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on this? Uh, finally, seeing the actual demise of Bib Fortuna on camera. Um, and all of that goodness with uh, Fennec and Boba kind of wrecking shop in Jabba's palace. What did you think? Um, I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see where it goes, see more of that character. Um, did he? An- oh, no, it announced that it did like a title card like right after. Right. So I was like John Favreau went on uh, GMA like day after, I think. And it was like, oh, it yeah, announced blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, officially. Right. Um, so when is that coming out again? um is it this year, year or next year yeah this, this year. year um november i think it's 20 november oh, okay. 2021 summer okay I guess season three is next year in november right i believe uh there's no month yet but it's 2022 so season 2022 three, yeah yeah i'm excited um i i i would kind of hope that obviously leading into the whole like he's taking over maybe like java's whole like you know mm-hmm. um bounty hunter type thing like ordering bounties and stuff like that um, but as well as the whole Camino thing, like you said, um, I would like to see them dive into that. If I know it's really, it's only like four episodes, right? Isn't it really short? Oh, is it? I don't know. I can't remember. I thought that's what they, I could be I wrong. thought they said I at least I thought that's six. what it was. Oh, okay. Well, if it's that, then they have more leeway. Yeah. Um, how about you, Chris? Were you, are you excited? 
Oh yeah, I'm very excited. The only thing is, I wish we got to see more of like Fat Fib Fortuna. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, no. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I don't have much to add beyond that, unfortunately. Um, no, I thought the scene itself was like really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you were right. It's reportedly a four-episode miniseries. Right. Dang. So I don't know what they're going to do with that then. Yeah, it'll be very <laughs> interesting. Unless the episodes are like an hour and a half or something. Yeah. But at that point, it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I think that'll do it for uh, our um, Planet Council episode. What did we say? Episode 9 of Planet Council? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Next week, we'll be going back to Planet Hero on Saturdays um, because next week will be the first episode, uh, will be our first episode reviewing uh, episode one of Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, which is going to be premiering on Disney Plus later this week. Um, So yeah, I think that'll do it again. uh, Thank you for joining us on the Planet Film Network. Uh, My name is Sean Monk. You can follow me right there on Twitter and Instagram at TasteEatingYak. Make sure to uh, check out our link in the description for our merch store. We have awesome merch on there. Um, We have some uh, mugs and hoodies and blankets and everything under the sun, uh, face masks, (laughs) anything that you guys might want. Um, and we have some cool designs up there with uh, both your lovely host's uh, faces on them so you could get a mug with our mugs. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Uh, do you want to, Chris, do you want to, um, you know, plug anything that you want to plug or just, you know, say whatever you want to say? And then, TJ, you want to close us out after? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. Um, apologize for some of my more stuttering or droning on oh, no problem <laughs> good um that was the best uh talker but yeah I, th- I appreciate you guys having me on it was really fun absolutely um so with that uh you can follow me at tj underscore cornwell on twitter and instagram um so don't forget to like subscribe